Welcome to Voice Fiction. Meet authors of e-books, audio books, and audio drama. Be enlightened by post-production specialists, directors, voice actors, and learn more about the wonderful world of online audio. And now your host. Okay, well, first of all, thank you, uh, Alex, uh, Alexa, and David for joining us for this. We're recording. Okay, uh, this, the, it's, as I was just explaining to Alex a few minutes ago, this is not a Senate inquiry or, or anything like that. <laughs> We're here to have fun. We're here because you people are interesting to talk to. So, let's start right off. Uh, welcome to Voice Fiction, and uh, my name is Colin Thornton. We have three guests with us tonight. First of all, Alex Spurlock is a children's audiobook narrator and voiceover artist. She also claims to be a super nerd uh, who spends her free time watching the Science Channel, listening to punk rock, and playing Wii with her seven-year-old. Uh, Alexa Chipman is a writer. We could also call her a travel guide. Her stories take listeners from the ocean depths to the furthest reaches of outer space. And uh, in this interview, Alexa is going to tell us about her craft, her stories, and the benefits of studying marine engineering. David Neil Wilson is grossly outnumbered today. Uh, he's a former president of the Horror Writers Association and a multiple recipient of the Bram Stoker Award, a prolific writer with over 200 published stories and a dozen novels. I don't think David has slept since 1997. David is founder and CEO of the Crossroad Press as well. Welcome, everybody. Ooh. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, well, uh, let's, uh, let's just dive right into it. Most people can read. Why do we need audiobooks? Let's start off with Alexa. I think that audiobooks open up an entire new world because when you read a book, you can use your imagination, but the audio really sparks it, especially if there's sound effects and different voices involved. They can really imagine the world, but they still have to use their imagination, so it's not like television. And this time we're going to hear something. Well, that's a good point, Alexa. Why don't we hear something of yours right now? Yes, it's an excerpt from Royal Offworld Navy, which is actually a Parsec finalist this year in 2013. Oh, congratulations. Here's the clip. Captain, her elegant head tilted to one side, not marring her uncanny resemblance to a Grecian statue. Young Pendennis can communicate with you as a ship through telepathy? Indeed, sir. Would that be possible at a distance? Lydia's glass eyes crinkled to widen as she grasped the plan. We would need to tail the enemy vessel within long-range scanners. Wilkinson nodded curtly and pulled a ship loud speakerphone off its hook. This, this is, is Lydia, Lydia Actual. XO and Lieutenant Pendennis report to the chart room. XO and Lieutenant Pendennis to the chart room. And we're back. David, you got a uh, point on that? I think actually it's been really good for me. I've probably listened to thousands and thousands of hours of audiobooks. Um, I used to have a big long commute. Um, I've caught up on a lot of things that I probably never would have read otherwise. Classics, some series stuff that I wouldn't have tried. And I've found that, especially if you get a good narrator, that you can get an entirely different experience from the performance of a book than you get just reading it on your own. Sometimes you get used to a voice, especially on a series, 
it can almost be heartbreaking if they change the narrator in the middle of the series. You're so used to all these characters and, and you know what you want them to sound like. It's a good way for people to read that just don't have the time to sit down with books. Yeah, and it's great for people who uh, commute like you did, like I did at one point in my life. Uh, Alex, you have a, a point of view on this one? Uh, they kind of both stole it, but that's all right. I usually listen to my iPod all the time. Well, except when I'm working, then I have to listen to myself. It's great. I love audiobooks because when you're doing stuff that's not fun, you can still read, and it's great. Have you guys, this is Bobby, by the way, have you guys seen, I guess, peripheration, you know what I'm trying to say, people <laughs> buying audiobooks due to the iPad and the iPod? Because I, I think that's what seems to have brought it on. Would you say that, David? Like, has it been more since that has happened? I, uh, have I'm, you not seen so an increase? Sure I'm not sure that it has anything to do with that so much as it does that most of the, of the audiobooks are now available as MP3 downloads. When I first started listening, I had to get most of mine at the library because to buy an audiobook was you know 40 to 60 dollar commitment and you yes. had to be really oh. sure which book you wanted but now you can you can go get them fairly cheap our books that are in kindle a lot of them are also in audiobooks from crossword press and they have a program called whisper sync for voice you can get the audiobook for a dollar 99 on top of the cost of the kindle book so it's now become accessible to a lot more people it yeah. was really prohibitive before and they were really really choosy on who got to be an audiobook and who didn't and now with programs like ACX with you know patiobooks.com places that are doing cheaper affordable or even free audiobooks a lot more people have the opportunity to find out if they like it or not but that means the prices have gone down in terms of what you guys get paid, too, would you not say? I mean, Alexa, I don't know whether you know how that works for you. How does a money count go for you when you do you sell your audiobooks out? Currently, I provide all my audiobooks for free. Sometimes I'll only give excerpts of the book, and you have to buy the whole book. That's not audio version. But right now, mm -hmm. especially my grandfather, he had difficulty reading when he was mm -hmm. elderly. And mm -hmm. so I, I just want to provide it as a free service. Makes sense. And, and so, yeah, and, okay. no, I was, I'm trying to get to follow up on Al Alexa's point there. It, it, you offer it for free, and it, I guess in the traditional marketing, that's like giving a free sample. Then hopefully you hook somebody on and, and come back for more and more and more and more. <laughs> yes, you're a that's dealer, Alexa. <laughs> that's a good idea though and does it work so far yeah <laughs> okay uh, i cut you off david sorry you were about to say something i was just going to say uh, for narrators it really hasn't probably changed that much at a professional level because they've generally been paid a per hour, per finished hour rate and for Actually, the most part they're still being paid that but with acx you can you can do a you can get a lot more narrators that are a little less experienced and you can get um, royalty share deals. Actually, I can weigh in on that myself. I'm a voiceover artist. That it actually the, the rates have gone down. I mean, if you're working for somebody like Audible, they kept a certain rate. But if you're doing it now that everybody can do audiobooks and everybody can record at home and so and so and so forth, I mean, you'll see stuff that says, "Okay, how about thirty dollars per finished hour?" And you're like, "You obviously know reading an hour is also editing an hour, if not more. And nobody can just read straight an hour. Or there are only three people, from what I understand, in the United States. I'm not too sure the world." that can actually read through and do an audiobook without any mistakes. And so most people have to keep going back and doing whatever. So the rates actually went down for I, narrators. I don't, think, I don't know that I consider those professional level, though. Those are also starting out publishers. I mean, we're, we're trying to keep the rates on the ones where we pay for finished mm -hmm. hour up in, the, up in the rates that are sagging after our, our accepting. Oh, good. 25, 300, but we can't do that on a lot of our books because a lot of the books are backlist titles that don't have a current sales record. So there's no true. way to tell if anyone's going to buy them or not. So we, 
we have a lot of newer narrators who are learning the business and, and they're more willing to take the royalty share on it and hope that the book takes off. I have a little aside about, uh, I'm not sure who made the comment. I think it was David. I know for, well, for me, 99% of the work I've done has been for children's learn to read apps. And the majority of my narration work is for iPad and Android and tablets and all of that stuff. If those things didn't exist, I wouldn't be getting paid for them. Exactly. And I think, I think it's opened up a whole new avenue that we didn't have before. Granted, they're for young children who, you know, can't really read themselves, but it's still, it's still an avenue that 10 years ago didn't exist. Okay. Alex Spurlock is a children's book, audiobook narrator, and we have a clip of some samples of hers, and we can listen to those right now. The brooms floated out on a puff of sparkling pink magic, but instead of their scary black sweepers, out flew two pink, glittery, fabulously bedazzled broomsticks. A pondered mystery that remains unknown. How does a porcupine apply cortisone? Roar, ouch, double ouch, roar, roar, roar. Allergies can make a lion's throat sore. And we're back. Thank you, Alex. I'm still <gasps> here. I totally agree I was, with you. I was just kind of slanting towards audiobooks. But, but yeah, there's a lot more markets out there with, with online voiceover work. I mean, mine are, mine are audiobooks, too, but they're, you know, fairy tale audiobooks. Yeah, there's still audiobooks. It's just a different audience. Yeah. Uh, David, where, where uh, can you give yourself a plug here? Where can people find your books? Well, that depends on whether you're asking about my books, Crossroad Press books, or the Oh, audiobooks. sorry. I was asking about Crossroad, but uh, Crossroad. Okay. Right, the Crossroad Press audiobooks are, we, we do all our audio through the ACX system, which is part of Audible. So they're available at, at Audible and at iTunes and at Amazon.com exclusively. So you can't even buy the audiobooks at our store, just the ebooks and the print books. But it's been a really good deal. I mean, they, Audible used to be a horrible thing for small publishers. When we started out distributing through them, they paid us 15% of what oh. they made on title. And since we were already working royalty share, we had to split that 15% with authors Not and good. narrators. It was horrifying. Oh. Although I, I will tell you, author or narrator Dick Hill managed to make ten thousand dollars on a book through that. <laughs> so it can happen. It's just got to take the right book. But one day, one they, day, they bumped us up to twenty-five to fifty percent, depending on whether we pay for the audio up front, and that that made a huge difference. So plus all out of curiosity, what book was that? A Manhattan Ghost Story by T. M. Wright. Hmm. It was a it was a bestseller back in the day, and Stephen King gave him a big blurb for it, and then Harry got really sick, and we we've been doing his backlist for him. We brought that one out in audio, and it just just took off. That's awesome. We had no idea if if we had had the new deal that we're that we've got now, we'd have, we'd have gotten rich on that. But <laughs> hey, uh, this is Glenn. I'd like to pop in and start this interview all over again, friends. <laughs> just joking. How? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> No, just joking. Totally He's joking. the saddest from Utah. Yep. No, uh, David, how how did you get involved in recording audiobooks? Actually, it was an accident, just like my entire publishing company. I, like I said before, I love audiobooks, and I've listened for years and years, and I have, you know, 30 books of my own and thought it would be kind of cool to have one in audio. So just on my blog one day, I mentioned that I was interested in uh, a guy named Jeffrey Kafer answered. He's a narrator and a voice engineer. I ended up hiring him to do my, my first audiobook. 
as the narrator and producer, and then we ended up partnering, and now he does sound mastering for all of my books. And uh, it just kind of blossomed from there. We did a few, we did some more, and now we've got more. I, I'm told that we have the most co- the most titles on ACX of any company, wow. which is kind of staggering considering it started by accident. Wow, amazing. Hey, Alexa, uh, how did you get involved in recording audiobooks? Well, to be honest, it took so much time to engineer the full audio drama cast podcasts, I felt really kind of lazy and thought, eh, I'll, I'll just do one of my short stories and get a narrator and do some nice effects and see how that goes because I don't have time to edit right now. And it came out so well and I had such a positive response. I switched over and mostly do audiobooks now. Wow, excellent. Um, Alex, how did you start and when did you start? I know you're semi-new to this business. What do you think about it? Uh, it's, it's all right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, I really like it. Um, like, like David, I kind of fell into it. I started out as commercial just because, you know, that's what you normally start out as. Right. Um, I did radio a long time ago, but they don't really have that too much anymore. Yeah, radio's um, pretty much dead. I've been there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not so good. But yeah, I, I got hired by a company and for one book. And then after that, it you know, I got another one. And then, you know, now I've got almost 30. So I wow. pretty good, you know, I an accident, but a good one. Well, I find it amazing that, especially coming from the commercial world, that you don't mind the tedium of doing audiobooks. You must have been an avid reader as a kid. I went to school for education. Okay. So... Um, elementary education so Mm -hmm. i kind of am pretty good at reading the little kids anyways so that part's fun the of course the monotony of editing you know make you stab yourself in the eye but other than that i really (laughs) like it (laughs) wow well do you do you all do them all from your house or do you go out and do them at studios or what's your there there are really no studios in ocala (laughs) so i I do everything from yeah. little abode. Little abode, yes. Um, of course, I send it back to the company, and you know, it's it's for an app called Me Genius, and I know absolutely nothing about the technology aspect of it. But you know, I record it, you know, process all that stuff, and then they somehow chop it up and put it with pictures and make mm-hmm. you know stuff. <laughs> Do you ever do like long, long form? I mean, I don't mean like the, I forgot who the actor was that did the Bible. That, that must have taken oh years. But... Charlton oh Heston, come on. No, it wasn't Charlton Heston. It was the guy, it was an English guy. Um, but do you do ever, have you ever done or do you do long form? When not I say for... long form, I mean, you know what I mean? Those 500 page. Oh, I know what you mean. Um, not for audiobooks. Um, I still do. I do a lot of corporate stuff and, you know, yeah. regular, you yep. know, some imaging and commercial stuff still, but I've, not had any super long form audiobooks yet. You know, I think I, my biggest one was like um an hour, hour and a half. But, oh, that's great. So that's oh, probably yeah, why you I don't think... you don't mind the tedium of doing it because I know a lot of voice, including myself, we I I refuse to ever do audiobooks ever again. It's just too too, too much, it, Bobby. Too yeah, much. It takes hard. hours upon hours I was upon. I if... what the average time would be for doing a book with five hundred pages. Oh, I've done a three hundred page book, and that took me about a month to get everything done. Whoa. Yeah. And that's like every night. <laughs> that's still pretty good. Yeah, every night. Yeah, we have it's, kind it's, of a formula for that. Um, well, actually, Jeff does, my engineer. Um, 9,600 words, which is not that much in pages, is about an hour. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've got a around a hundred thousand word book, then you can see how mm-hmm. how many hours that's going to end up being at least ten or eleven hours. Plus, as as was already mentioned, it's at least an hour an hour to an hour and a half to edit every one mm-hmm. of those hours. And that's and when you've just, got a good editor. Never mind, you're learning doing it yourself, and it takes <laughs> exactly. five hundred hours for a minute. <laughs> yeah, there there is a calculator online that you can plug in words to time calculator that. Uh, there's a studio called The Edge that makes, and um, I'm quite fond of sticking it in there and seeing how much I really want to do <laughs> and how much I can get away with asking them to pay me for, for any of those type of stuff. Oh, God, it sounds <laughs> depressing. <laughs> David, David I, have a, I have a question for you, David. When you're looking for uh, talent to read your books, do you look for people who are actors or do you look for people who have been born with a beautiful voice? Yes. Um, It it really depends on the book and and it also depends on the situation because like I said, sometimes we have to work on a royalty share basis and that really cuts down the the group of people willing to take on that job. Um, A lot of people don't understand that that narrating an audio book really is voice acting. But among those people, you can still find people with one of those voices that you could just listen to for hours. And it doesn't matter that they can't differentiate the voices quite as well as other people because you just like to listen to them. So sometimes it's one and sometimes it's the other. other. My most popular book was was read by a man named Joe Jeffrey. And he's an old Texas radio guy. And uh, he just has one of those voices like, I I don't know, he reminds me a little bit of uh, Sam Elliott. Oh, yes. He's not the singer from the Joe Jeffrey group, is he? I don't believe so. It could be. A I've guy. never asked him. How old is that guy? <laughs> Joe <laughs> well, is probably in his 60s or 70s, I think. Yes, for sure now. But yeah, he's he's amazing. And uh, every book that he's done for us has been pretty much the same. He He's not great with women's voices, but he manages just to lighten his tone so that it's not irritating. You know, that's that's probably the worst problem with, with audiobooks. Differentiating the characters without sounding silly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, without sounding like a cartoon. You know, because people will affect their voice in such a way that it, it, they no longer sound, uh, you know, like human beings. They sound like some animated creature. We have one right now that's a problem, and the author was really picky. It's Raymond Benson. He did some James Bond books. He yeah. insisted that we, we have the male part and the female part read by different people. But what he didn't tell us was that there was a couple of chapters where the female would have to read both parts within her part. And her rendition of the other character is awful. Oh, you know, I'm listening to it myself now, and I'm just groaning. I'm going, oh my god, <laughs> oh. what am I going to do about this? Well, on that, have you ever had to replace any of you guys? Ever had to replace? You had it all done. You're like, this is really not happening, and you had to redo it with another uh, voice actor. Have you ever had to do that? I've liked to do that a few things, <laughs> but never quite worked out. Um, we had we had a couple. I wish we could have done it. One of them just so ridiculously long that I would have felt awful about it. But it's it's gotten bad reviews and. It's, it, it was an important book, and I'm kind of angry that we got this guy doing it anyway. But it was so long that uh, we just couldn't get anyone to take it. Even with the, the stipend that ACX offers, like $150 per hour sometimes. Right now it's 100 I think, that they'll pay the mm-hmm. narrator on some books. But they'll only pay it up to $2,500. And this book, or it's, it's The Man by Irving Wallace, and it's, it's something like 750 pages long. So the guy took a year to do it, and he got it all turned in. And his narration, his, his audition was wonderful. And he was taking lessons from a famous voice actor at the time, and it all looked good. And then when he turned in the book, it's just, uh... I, uh, I can imagine. Oh. So, so what happened? He was just rubbed into the ground with the, just the volume of it? I think it was a com- combination of that, and he had some family problems, and some things happened over the year. But one of the problems with, with an audiobook, I think, is that you have to do it. Once you sit down to do it, you can't stop. Right. The sound sure. of the studio might changes. change a little bit. Your voice changes. And over a year and a half... 
and having moved once, there was just no way he was going to do a good job on this book. Well, that's a shame. I, you know, I know you guys asked for that stuff, but I really, I didn't know what to get, and I'm not a sound yeah. engineer. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pursue that with Glenn. So I'm going to pretend that we're going to get that. So, uh, and I'm going to throw that. So, well, I as long pretending. as... I love pretending. I love it. <laughs> it's all make-believe, yeah. So uh, let's take a break here and listen to a short clip from uh, A Manhattan Ghost Story, one of David's productions. When I think of a ghost story, I think about children shivering around a campfire while an aging man with a long, austere face summons up in resonant, wonderfully spectral tones the way the misdeeds of the dead will soon be visited upon the living. And I think about old gray houses that have had evil implanted in them, and I think about crying in empty rooms, about cold spots, warm spots, hot spots, hounds out of hell, men who hang themselves in attics and in cellars, again and again and again. And it's all true. I know it's all true. So we're back here talking about uh, audiobooks with Alex Burlock, Alexa Chipman, David Neal Wilson. And um, I have a question for you. This is Colin speaking. Some audiobooks use music and sound effects, and others seem to be just voice only. Does anyone have a, an opinion on this, uh, Alexa? Well, I have a very strong opinion on it, but I do realize it's an opinion. I really like if they have tons of sound effects, especially background ambient sound effects, and not too much music, because I've listened to some audiobooks that were just the narrator and tons of music that drove me nuts. I yeah. feel the exact opposite, actually. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I don't like any sound effects or any music in my audiobooks. What? I'm strange, I know. Just in my audiobooks. Um, like, if I'm listening to Kurt Vonnegut, I don't want some, you know, fun little sound effects in the background. It kind of, it, it distracts me. I think it I think it really depends on the book, though, you know? Yeah, I, David? I, kind of, I have to agree with that. I, I really, really hate sound effects of any kind in the books. And the music is okay, you know, when they use it to, to work into the beginning of the chapter or something, but they always do it wrong. And they always start talking over the music, and you always miss some of the book. And generally, I think it's more of an ego thing. Like Stephen King puts his own guitar stuff in there sometimes, <laughs> things like that. You know, that, that's fine. Because it's Stephen King, you're going to listen to it anyway. But, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah. We should all do that. It's going to be awful. <laughs> yeah. It, it just takes away from the book for me. I think you've got to concentrate on the voice and the story and all the rest of it. Then it becomes more like a stage presentation. And if you're going to do that, you have to go full-blown like was also mentioned, and do everything. Because it's either one or the other, and if, if you don't, it just sounds like you've inserted something in there, and it's more likely to irritate people than to enhance the book, I think. You know, I never thought about that until you guys, hearing you say that, I understand why. I mean, if you're reading a regular book, forget about audiobook, you're reading a book, you have no sound effects, you make it up in your head. And why would why shouldn't it be the same for an audiobook? So, actually, you guys have taught me something that makes absolute sense. It obviously also takes away from your imagination, you know, and I think... That makes absolute sense. You should not necessarily have any kind of sound effects or whatever. It should be the voice and the story. And to me, if you have audio, Thanks. you might as well use the audio and have a full, beautiful soundscape. Correct. Why That's are you bothering with audio if you don't have a soundscape? Well, I, I think that you, you guys said it best. You, you're doing audio because sometimes you can't just sit down and read a book, and sometimes you're, you're traveling. Or, Alexa, I think you said, did you say it was your grandfather? I, I'm, I don't remember, yeah. but he can't read. So... 
because I always had a problem, like, what are audiobooks, you know, I don't know if that would be something I would sit down and listen to all the time, an audiobook, but now this absolutely makes sense, so why put those uh, sound effects and music in there if it could deter from the imagination? I understand it's an audio medium, why not put stuff in, but this makes sense, why... David and, and you guys made sense. I, I think there's a serious something. answer for that. The answer and the and the answer is different here for her because I believe she's also the author. Um, right. The, yes. the author probably didn't provide the sound effects and neither did the narrator. And the point of an audiobook is the book. Right. Now, if the point of the audiobook is the creation and then the person created the whole thing, that's entirely a different thing. So where does that put actors slash narrators? Would you like to hear a narration only of reading the words, or would you like characters to be involved? It depends on the narrator. If they can do it, I'd rather hear the characters. I agree. I think it's really great. But if they can't do it, then they're going to... I'm trying to remember the series about the the lady who's a medical examiner in Virginia, Case Carpata, like that. I read all those books about this lady who's a medical examiner, and they were wonderful. And then the author wrote another book about some police officer in... Richmond, Virginia, and the person who took over the narration of that narrated every man sounding like Droopy. The woman, <laughs> and I don't know what she was thinking. I don't know what they were thinking when they when they put that book out. But that was a professional level where I know she was paid a lot of money, and it was just awful. I, I couldn't listen to it, and I never read the book. So wow. it really depends on the abilities of the narrator to pull that off. Some some narrators, like Jim Dale, he can read anything. Neil yeah, Gaiman yeah. can read anything. It just doesn't matter what they read because they have such wonderful voices. I, I think Neil Gaiman could change the tone of a telegram with a news story in it and make it sound like a fantasy. I really do, and I think it <laughs> make people listen to it. Wow. Uh, this is uh, Colin again. Um, do you have, David, do you have uh, any advice for people who think they might want to become an audiobook narrator or voice talent? There are a lot of good courses out there, and there is a lot of information available. I mean, it's very important if you're going to take it seriously to have a decent professional setup at home that is absolutely quiet and you have to learn to edit and that's probably going to kill most of them because it's really not much fun but uh, it has to be done right and and if you can get to the point where you can just get a clean sound and listen to a lot of audiobooks and the people that are popular because there are narrators that people who listen to audiobooks will buy the book because of the narrator even if they've never heard of the author that is true Hmm. alexa you have a want to weigh in on this one well, I'm more from the author's perspective, so I'm not really in the field on the on the voice actors. Okay. I've done a couple myself, but only out of people being desperate. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about celebrities doing audiobooks? And this is for anyone, especially Alex. You know, they're doing a lot of audiobooks, and only because they've never narrated before in their lives. I mean, I don't mean the ones that who actually, it's their own autobiography, so they're actually narrating their own thing. I mean, just, oh, let's just stick so-and-so's voice on there because he's hot right now. That drives me crazy. Um, <laughs> let's just say, um, oh, let's have To Kill a Mockingbird. And how about Julia Roberts? You'd go, that's <laughs> just stupid. Um, she probably can't even do it. But one of one of my coaches and a good friend of mine, uh, the guy with his full name, David H. Lawrence the 17th, he's a great voiceover coach and he does a whole bunch of audiobooks he's also you know pretty famous you know heroes and whatnot you know he's he's fabulous at voiceover so it's good when someone like him will do it but if you just grab you know cameron diaz and say hey read the giving tree you're not going to want to hear it (laughs) that's probably a bad analogy i'm sorry that's excellent (laughs) or a good one or a good one yeah (laughs) alexa i know you have an opinion on this one I think I agree that it depends on whether or not they're decent at voiceover and that they match the book. 
yeah. And David? From my point of view, it, it kills us when stuff like that happens because it's really hard for the people who are, are really working as voice actors to compete with that. And, and every year they have one serious award for um, audiobooks, the Audis, and almost some idiotic thing by uh, Johnny Depp or something getting read that, that has nothing to do with Johnny Depp wins. And, uh, and that's rough on the people who work really hard to do this right. I would guess that, that actors reading an audiobook to get a good job are going to need a director just like they do. And in a big studio, they have that. They have someone right there and, you know, yep. redo this, redo that. Most of our work is done in home studios, and, and they don't have that kind of advantage. And then you add on top the big fan base. It's very difficult to con- compete for the visual impact yep. you need to sell books. It's hard to sell books because nobody knows you're there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, listen, this is uh, going on. Uh, we've, uh, I think, exceeded our, our allotted uh, amount of time. If I can get right to the end, is there anything that you would like to add? To go back to my script, there are 60 million people listening. Anything you would like to say? No pressure. <laughs> Apparently, we're all speechless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, I should ask someone. Uh, Alex. Uh, should I plug something? <laughs> Any yeah, well, where can we find you? you? You might want to give a, a where where we could find you, something like that. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Spurlock, A-L-I-X Spurlock, or my website, www.alexspurlockvoiceover.com. All my social media stuff is on there, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, all She's that. She's so stuff. cool. Yay, Pinterest. <laughs> Yay, Pinterest. <laughs> I do so much writing research on Pinterest. Oh, it's great. I love it. I'm such a nerd. Well, I just wanted to say that I think audiobooks are important, whether or not they have special effects in them, and that I hope they are around into the next century in some form or another, maybe as holograms or something. And I can be found at imaginationlane.net that has the podcast information for both audio drama and audiobooks. And that leaves you, David. Well, we're pretty easy to find. You can, you can find some information at crossroadpress.com. Our store is at store.crossroadpress.com. You can find out about my books at davidneilwilson.com. It's pretty easy. I'm on Facebook at facebook slash david.neil.wilson. And uh, I guess that's pretty much it. Um, really thank you guys for having me here. It's been interesting to uh It's been a pleasure. Me. I appreciate you, all of you, taking the time to uh, help our audience. Yeah, absolutely. It was great to meet all you guys. Thank you very Thank much you. for your insights. Thank you. It's Thank nice you to guys. finally talk to you people that I've talked to online so much. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice experience, isn't it? To actually hear a voice. The magic of audio. There we go. What Sums a conclusion. <laughs> what a wrap. Thank you, folks. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Good night, all. See you later. All right. This is your announcer, Joe Stofko, for Voice Fiction. The opinions expressed during roundtable discussions are that of individuals and do not necessarily reflect the position of voice fiction. This episode is copyright 2013, Voice Fiction Productions. For full disclaimer and privacy policy, visit voicefiction.com. Thanks for listening. Until we meet again.